0: Alright, if you'll take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 12, we're going to go to verse number 3 this morning. We're going to try to get through verse number 6. And we're talking about this morning still serving God. The whole book of Romans that we've looked at up to this point has told us what? What, is, what has God done for us? He justified us. What does it mean to be justified? It means your sins are forgiven. Look, that's Christian 101 there now. Your sins are forgiven. How are your sins forgiven? By By the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. So he's washed away our sins. Jesus took care of that. That's been done. We're justified, we're sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? Set apart. Set apart. That's right. For the Lord's service. And we, we, it's already a done deal in His mind. And you and I are seeing the process of that. He glorified us. That's already a done deal in the mind of God as well. But yet one day we'll see that complete when we get our glorified body. So chapter 12 says, in light of all those things, in light of all the mercies of God, everything that He's done for us, we're to present our bodies to God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. So from this point on, we're talking about Christian service. What do I do in light of the fact that God has justified me, sanctified me, and glorified me? What do I do? I serve Him. That's the logical thing for us to do, isn't it? Serve Him. Why do we present our bodies to Christ? Our Spirit's already presented to Him. When He saved us, His Spirit come into our spirit. The Bible says that we are the temple of God. Spirit lives in us. Our bodies are still the old carnal bodies, fleshly bodies that we had when we served sin. And they still are marred by sin. They still want to serve sin. And you and I, by the power of God in us, have an opportunity to say no to sin and yes to God. And that's the whole point of this, is that now we are to stop yielding our bodies to sin and start yielding the members of our body to righteousness by presenting them to God and letting God use our bodies. So, the first two verses... We've seen that, that Christian service, the first thing we do is is in Christian service is present ourselves to God. Our Christian service begins as an individual act of each one of us individually presenting ourselves, our bodies to God. Now we're going to see what's next. Once you've done that, Your service continues. Now we're going to see how we serve God in relationship to the body of Christ. We've presented ourselves to God individually. Now we are to work together and serve God together as many members in one body. So that's what the message is about today, serving God in the body of Christ, doing your part in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just read through uh, Romans 12, 3-6. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us and we're going to stop right there in the middle of that verse for today when you present your body to God your service to him is is immediately marked by humility and faith in God. <clears throat> you can't serve God unless you have a humble spirit, humble heart, and unless you have faith in God. You become just one of many in the body of Christ. And you are to focus on doing your part as God has gifted you in the body of Christ. So we we'll first see humility. Humility is the first mark of a person that is. Serving Christ. He says, For I say, Notice this is the authority of an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ through the grace given unto me by the power of God. Paul was an apostle by the grace of God. He had the authority of God to speak on his behalf but it was only because of God's grace. Paul had done nothing to earn that. It was given to Him by the grace of God. Every one of us in here today are in the same boat. Not a one of us in here ever earned God's favor, never earned God's salvation, never earned the ability to serve Him. We never earned that. We never deserved it. What you have in Christ today is all given to you by the grace of God. And we would do well to remember that. And he says to every man that is among you, and to all the believers, this was written to the church. So he says to every one of you, this is what he says, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. There is no place for pride in the service of God. No no place. Um Pride is what made Lucifer the devil. So if you have pride in your heart, you can't serve God. You can only serve God with a humble heart. Isaiah 14, beginning with verse 12, talking about Lucifer becoming the devil, says, "...how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations?" And then notice in the rest of this, uh, the five eye wheels of Lucifer. Anytime you and I say, I will do such and such, we've just, we've just stepped outside of a humble heart and a humble spirit that's bowed to God and depended upon His grace. I cannot stand up here right now and tell you I will do anything. You understand what you're saying? I will. When you say that, you're saying, I determine. I decide. It's in my power. No, it's not. Remember the book of James. He says, you know, those of you that say you will go down to such and such a place and make a profit, you should say, if the Lord wills. And we need to practice that as believers. Don't say, I will see you tomorrow. If the Lord wills, I will see you tomorrow. Because you don't have that authority. You may not make it to tomorrow. There have been a lot of people that thought they would make it to tomorrow and didn't. So don't say, I will do this. We're never more like Satan when we're acting that way. Because look, here's what he said five times. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That's what made Lucifer the devil. Pride. Saying, I will. So there's no place for pride in serving God. God hates pride. Proverbs 6 16-19 16 through 19 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Pride is listed in here. God hates pride. God fights against the proud. If you're running around in your pride, and no and, and matter what you're trying to do, you might be trying to serve the Lord. You might be trying to fight against the Lord. But if, you're, if you have a prideful heart in what you're doing, guess what? God's fighting against you. Because there's no place for that in God's kingdom. James 4.6 says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the who? The humble. If you're going to serve God, you have to be humble. You cannot be proud. So humility is, is, is something that marks A person that is serving God. Faith also is a mark. He says here that we serve God in humility according to the measure of the faith. But to think soberly goes on in verse 3 and says, According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice that the definite article is there in front of that. He's talking about something definite. The measure of faith. So if God has dealt to us the measure of faith that we need to serve Him, what do we have to be prideful about? If you look in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, you see that God has given us the, the faith that we need to believe on Him To believe on Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. He says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You're saved by grace through faith, but you can't even say that I decided, that I had the faith. You didn't. He says, That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God lest any man should boast. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Any good thing you have in your life, God gave it to you. There's just no way around it. God gave it to you. Why should you pray before you eat a meal? Because God gave you that meal. We live in a time right now to where we just expect to be able to eat three, four, five, six, seven eight times a day. Whatever we want to, you know? It's just there. It ain't always been that way and it's not always that way in other places. We, we take it for granted, but don't take it for granted. When you sit down to eat, say, thank you, Heavenly Father, for providing for me and giving me and my family something to eat. Because every good gift comes from God. God gives us not only the faith we need for salvation, but I want you to notice He gives us the faith that we need to serve Him. 1 Corinthians four seven says, For who maketh thee to differ from another? You ever thought about that? We like to point a finger and say, well, that person's this way, and that person's that way. They ought to be more like me, or they ought to be more like this. Well, who maketh thee to differ from another? And he says, and what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Not a person in here had any say-so in when they would be born. To whom they would be born. Where they would be born. What genes they would have in their genetic makeup to make them look and act like they are. None of us had that choice. None of us. Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what dost thou have that you didst not receive? Everything you have, God has given to you. Everything. Everything. Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Now that ought to humble us a little bit this morning. So God gives us the faith we need to serve Him. The faith we need for salvation. The faith we need to serve Him. God has gifted us. Not only, not only do we, when we decide to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, and we do that, now that we're presented to God, the first place that He's going to start using us is in the body of Christ. And to, to serve Him there, we have to be humble, and we have to have faith. He gives those things to us but he also gives us an ability, if you will. A spiritual ability. It's a gift. God gives every one of us at least one spiritual gift so that you can serve in the body of Christ. He says, verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Now here he's, he's talking about our human body. He's going to use this as an example of how we work together in the spiritual body of Christ. He uses this same analogy in 1 Corinthians. And think about it. It's a good analogy. Your human body has many parts. What little I know about how the human body works just amazes me. And we all know very little about it. Even those that think they know a lot and know a lot more than I do, they still know very little about it. And God has put all of those individual parts together to do their part and work as one. And everybody understands what it's like when you have one part of your body that's incapacitated for a period of time. Things you take for granted. Being able to button your breeches or <laughs> things like that. If you got one arm in a sling, now you got to do everything with one hand. There's a lot you can't do with one hand. You got to learn some new ways of doing things or have some help. And every part of our body has a function. Now, y'all don't want to see my liver and I don't want to see yours. But we're all proud we have one. And we're all proud that it knows what to do and that it does its part, right? And what if your liver was to say, you know what, you got me stuck on the inside and, and you never let anybody see me. But they always see your eyes, I want to be the eyes. Now, my liver jumped up here in the place of my eyes, I'd be in a mess. I couldn't see a thing. And my eyes couldn't serve the function of my liver. You see, and no part is more important than another. Even those parts that we don't know about, when they quit working, it makes a big deal, doesn't it? Amen. Something just as simple as a thyroid gland. it's not working properly boy can it cause a lot of problems can't it you didn't know what all it was in control of until it doesn't function properly so that's the whole point he's making here that we have many members in one body and all have not the same office there are many of us we're the same way in the body of christ he says so we The members in the body of Christ being many, we work together as one. He says, Are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. So think about that. There's many of us in the body of Christ. We each have a different function in the body of Christ. But just like our human body, we each need to fulfill our part so that the whole body works together as one. The whole body of Christ works together as one. Now, you and I, we'd mess that up if we tried to fix it. If we tried to say, well, you know, here, you do this part, and you do this part. You know, that's the human way of doing things. But God says, Anita, you have this gift. Gwen, I'm giving you this gift. Stephanie, I'm giving you this gift. God knows what gifts we need. He knows what the body needs. And and He knows how to put it all together. If, If we each one serve the Lord in humility and faith with the gift that He's given us to do our part in the body of Christ, we don't have any problems. No problem it's when the two things can happen in the body of Christ one is people can come in that's truly not saved they're, 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 not, they're not since they're not saved they're not gifted they're not humble they don't operate in faith in Christ they're prideful they want to operate in their own abilities and strengths and and you know the way we used to do church uh, every one of us has been a part of that before where you're just going around with a sheet and you're saying will you do this job will you do this job oh, I don't really want to if you can't get anybody else to do it I guess I'll do it that don't work that's man's way of doing things <laughs> And there are some people in that that will say, yeah, I'll do it. And then they're thinking, I'll show these folks. I'll run this. I'll I'll show them how this is supposed to be done. We're going to make some changes around here. Right? Human beings trying to do what they call God's work. Man's way. The name of our church is God's way. Bible church. We want to do God's work, God's way, not man's way. Because when you do it man's way, you have problems. People want to be prideful and they want to do it their way, and it just doesn't work in the body of Christ. But when everybody's humble in spirit and they've presented their bodies to the Lord and they're walking with the Lord and they've been gifted, And they serve the Lord in that gift. It just works. Because God's in control. So he says in verse 6, Having then gifts. And we've talked about that. Every Every part of your body has a role to play. You've been gifted by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, to have a particular function in the body of Christ. Have you ever thought about this? In the Old Testament, man gave gifts to God. Yeah, in the Old Testament. Exodus 28, 38 says, "...and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts. And it shall be always upon his forehead." that they may be accepted before the Lord. So the children of Israel were to take gifts to God as a form of their worship. In the New Testament, men gave gifts to God. When Jesus was born, Matthew 2.11 says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh in the New Testament men brought gifts to God but something happened after Christ died on the cross and ascended to heaven then God gave gifts to men in the church through Christ now God gives us gifts that's awesome isn't it that God would give us a gift Ephesians 4.8 says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. So God gives us gifts. And look, the gifts that he gives us are different among each other. He says here in verse 6, having then gifts differing. Our gifts are different. 1 Corinthians twelve, four through six says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. We all have a different gift. It may operate in a little different way from one to another. But it's all for the purpose of glorifying God and edifying the body of Christ. It says, according to the grace that is given us. Here again, it's why it's called a gift God gave it to you. You didn't ask for it, He just gave it to you. 1 Corinthians 12 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. To profit with all. Why did God give you a spiritual gift? It wasn't so you could go around boasting about your spiritual gift. It wasn't so you could go to church and show out. That's what was happening in the Corinthian church. They were abusing the spiritual gifts. Each one wanted the showy gifts. And they wanted to go show off in front of everybody. There's churches like that today that want to show off and they want to say, look at me, look at me, I'm more spiritual than the rest of you. No. well, that attitude right there, you give yourself away as being unspiritual. Because remember, what's the mark? Humility. And when you know what your gift is, that's all you want to do. You just can't help it. You want to do that. So he says, according to the grace given to us. uh, Ephesians 4, 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God meets it out as he sees fit. And I'm going to finish reading verse 6 and just touch on it because next, next week we're going to get, Lord willing, we're going to get into the different gifts that he lists here and how they operate. But he says, whether prophecy let us prophesy. What he's saying here is, is, is if your gift is, is prophesying, then that's what you should do. According to the proportion of faith. Our spiritual gift is to be exercised in proportion with the faith that God has given to each of us. Remember verse three. He said, as he has, let's see, verse three says, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And especially with this gift of prophecy, that would be very true. Uh, but I think he's I think it extends to all of them. According to the measure of faith. You can't do any more for the Lord then He has given you the faith to believe in Him for Him to do it through you. You understand what I'm saying? And He says, um, so it's by God's grace and, the, and God's gifts that He gives us His spiritual ability. God expects us to operate within the sphere of our giftedness. So in other words, if, if He's given you the gift of prophecy, then you prophesy. And do it according to the faith that He's given you. The Bible says that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's in Romans 14.23. So that means to operate beyond the measure of faith is sin. But if you're working in humility, you won't go beyond that. Because you're dependent upon God to do it through you. It's when you get prideful and you want to do it on your own that we get beyond that. And that causes problems. So just as the members of your human body all work together, they serve a different function. It's very important, but they have to work together. It's the same principle here in the body of Christ. You present your bodies to God, a living sacrifice. Then you begin your service in the body of Christ, doing your part in the body of Christ. We're not to be prideful. We're not to try to be a one-man show for the Lord and, and want everybody to see what God can do through us. You are to see yourself as you truly are, just a small part of the big picture. Then you can focus on serving God in the body of Christ, doing your part as God has gifted you and equipped you to do. So that's where service begins. Just think about it. We present ourselves, we present our bodies to God as individuals. That's something we do individually. I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. You have to determine right now, are you going to take the first step and stop conforming to the world and start being transformed by the renewing of your mind and present your body a living sacrifice to God? That's an individual act. Once you do that though, then there, you can't serve God individually. You serve God together. We have to have each other. If God had given every one of us individually all the gifts, we wouldn't need each other. You with me? We wouldn't need each other. Isn't He wise to just give us each a gift? So we have to come together as many with differing gifts to serve one another in humility and in faith in God in order to be serving the Lord. And every one of you in here are gifted. And we'll go through some of the gifts, Lord willing, next time. You can read about them here. You can read about them in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. You can read about them in Ephesians chapter 4. And and I I'm, I agree with what I hear some say. I'm not even sure that any, any of them are a complete list of all the gifts. And the gifts may actually look different today in some respects than they did in that day. I think some of the gifts we read about in the Bible are not, to the church today. And I mean, if you've got the gift of mercy, how many ways can that show up in the church? You know? But we'll go through them, Lord willing. Let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name you'll just pour out your Spirit into our minds and hearts right now and multiply this message in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to understand what you're teaching us as we present ourselves to you, you gift us in a way that now we can serve you as we serve each other in the body of Christ. Bless us, God, to know our gifts. Bless us, God, to operate in humility and in faith, to let you exercise those gifts in us and through us for the good of the whole body. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.